0: Hi, thanks for joining us for this message from Red Church in Melbourne, Australia. We pray that you're blessed by it. If you'd like to know more about Red Church or its ministries, or if you'd like to support us financially, you can find out more by heading to connect.redchurch.org.au. Good morning. My name's Trudy, if I haven't met you before. And uh, this week we find ourselves a week after Easter Sunday And we had a wonderful time marking Easter as a church, as we remember our Saviour Christ Jesus who died for us and rose again, that we would experience life. And we find ourselves on this other side of Easter. Over the next few weeks, we will be looking at the lives of three people in the Bible who responded to God's call with the same three words, here I am. Love to pray as I begin today's message. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did for us on the cross. That you died for us, that we would experience, and you rose that we would experience your life resurrection power in our own lives. And Lord Jesus, as today we hear your message, I just pray that as I speak. They will be your words, your heart, and anything of me will fall away. I ask this in your, in your name, Jesus. Amen. One huge trend across the global church, particularly in the West, that we've seen as, during the pandemic and as a result of the pa- pandemic, as we return to what people call this new normal or whatever that is, um, is that there has been a significant drop in volunteers. Why is this? Well, for a start, there's been tremendous movement, people moving different states, having a change of lifestyle, perhaps moving to the country or regions. There's, been, there's a bit of a weariness, tiredness, as we've been in quite a number of lockdowns. There's also been this sorting and a shaking going on in the church. Perhaps you were doing faith, a faith journey with someone who has since walked away from their faith during this time and there's a sense of feeling somewhat disorientated. What is going on? Some of you may be asking. Many of us are asking. Now, if our service is out of compulsion or duty rather than passion and calling in this time, this can be really hard. It's hard to keep up service during hard and challenging times. It raises the question why do we actually serve? So I think the key word for this season is re evaluation. How do I live in this new season? What is God up to? Perhaps we are in need of a new vision for the new season. So let's turn to someone in the Bible who received a new vision for a new season. The prophet Isaiah was called to serve in hard times. Today we'll be looking at Isaiah's call and commission in Isaiah chapter 6 and how his encounter with God gave him a new perspective for service. The first verse tells us the era that Isaiah was called. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on the throne. In his Isaiah commentary, Raymond Ortland explains that the death of Uzziah marked the end of an era. Uzziah's reign was a time of prosperity for the nation of Israel. But as the king grew proud and self reliant, the nation this impacted the nation, which then became complacent and turned their hearts away from God. He compares this end of era with the end of prosperity preceding World War I. This also has resonance for the time we find ourselves in. It's possible we have come to the end of an era. It's possible we've come to an end of prosperity, a time when we can no longer be complacent. It's possible we're coming to the time of an end of peace. Let's look at Isaiah's calling as he entered a complex era and what this speaks to us about our calling in this complex era that we now find ourselves in. So let's have a look and jump straight into Isaiah 6. whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. He said, Go and tell this people be ever hearing, but never understanding, be ever seeing, but never perceiving. Make the heart of this people calloused, make their ears dull, and close their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. Then I said, for how long, Lord? And he answered, until the cities lie ruined and without inhabitant, until the houses are left deserted and the fields ruined and ravaged, until the Lord has sent everyone far away and the land is utterly forsaken. But as the terebinth and oak leave stumps when they are cut down, So the holy seed will be the stump in the land. What an incredible passage. We see in this passage how encountering God leads Isaiah to serve in a new way. I want to speak to three things today. Three aspects that gave Isaiah a new perspective for service and how they can give us a new perspective for service today. Firstly, encountering God gives us our kingdom identity for kingdom service. When Isaiah sees God seated on the throne, he encounters God's glory, his holiness, his power, majesty, beauty. He says, My eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. This gives Isaiah his identity. Isaiah gains a new perspective of himself and God, which leads to confession and true repentance. He says, woe is me for I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips. He sees himself in light of God's holiness and he sees he is unworthy. But Isaiah's new posture of humility enable him to worship the Lord in a new way. As it says and describes in Psalm 96, worship the Lord in the splendour of holiness. Ascribe the Lord glory and strength. These are the words that encourage us to worship God in this way, to adore Him for who He truly is. Therefore, if you want to discover your true kingdom identity for kingdom service, Perhaps you need to ask for a fresh revelation of his majesty and his power and glory, a revelation of holiness. You see, we need to have this perspective to understand how we are in need of a saviour, how we all fall short of the glory of God. We need this perspective to understand how much our world needs a saviour, And I want to encourage you, if you are seeking today, if you are yet to encounter this perspective for the first time, you only need to ask for this revelation. Others of you have encountered this saviour, but perhaps you need a reminder and you need a fresh revelation of who he truly is. Secondly, encountering God's grace and love awakens us for service. Isaiah was stunned by grace, awakened by the grace and love of God. When Isaiah confesses his sin, verse 6 and 7 say, Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he'd taken with the tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, see, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Raymond Ortland says, what we must see in the context of the whole Bible is this burning coal symbolises the work of Christ on the cross. He went to the place of sacrifice. His dying love is the only power that can awaken people as dead to God as we are. And awaken us, he does. He comes to us through the Holy Spirit and says again, your guilt is taken away. Your sin is atoned for. Welcome into the overwhelming delight of my presence. When the magnitude of that grace touches Isaiah, he's awakened to live for God. I love that welcome into the overwhelming delight of my presence. Many of you will be familiar with the old hymn Amazing Grace. The first verse, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. And then, of course, the second verse says, "'Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved." How precious did that grace appear, the hour I first believed. It's by great God's grace that He chooses to reveal himself to us. It's His grace that draws us to him. It's His grace that convicts us of our sin, that teaches our heart to fear. but it's His grace that cleanses us of our sin. Perhaps you need to be reminded of that today. Perhaps you need a fresh encounter and revelation of his great love and grace. There's nothing you can do to earn it. Grace is a gift. We just need to ask and simply receive this gift. We can actively desire this, though. We can pursue it and contend and ask God, reveal this to me. And thirdly, encountering God gives us a desire to live for him. God says to Isaiah, who will go for us? And Isaiah responds with those three words. Here I am. me. When Isaiah encounters God, he is abandoned to live for God's grace and love. When we encounter God's grace and love, we now want to serve God. We want to share this love and grace to others. We serve from overflow. But we also have this new revelation a knowledge that God gives us when we encounter him, that we actually belong to him and we belong to his mission, we belong to his kingdom. And this is a revelation, and understanding that God gives us by his spirit imparted to us, that we belong to him. I, something I've enjoyed, particularly enjoyed um, doing, um, started over the last few years, is reading biographies of people who had amazing faith. And I love to particularly learn from um, people that have lived in different eras and times, even to our own time that we find ourselves in. And people have gone on to do great and amazing things for God. And one, one of the themes that I've noticed in the different books and biographies I've read, is each of these people of great faith had an understanding that they belonged to God. As I use this term, they understood that they were God's possession. It says in John 10, Jesus says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. When we belong to God, we lean in to listen. He reveals, He speaks to us. Those who belong to God learn to hear His heart and vision. God gave Isaiah his assignment, which was actually very challenging, giving a message to people whose hearts would not receive or even hear this message. He knew that in advance of when he was going to go to tell these people that they wouldn't listen. But despite the hard thing that God gave Isaiah to do in the short term, God also shared his bigger picture of hope. So Isaiah went with the bigger perspective in mind. As it says in the last verse of Isaiah 6, but as the terebinth and oak leaf stumps when they are cut down, so the holy seed will be the stump in the land. So even though the land would be, yeah, completely forsaken, God had left a holy seed, the promise of the Messiah to come. So Isaiah was given this bigger story of hope to go in hard times. So Isaiah's vision encounter with God prepared him to go in a time when darkness was descending. We too are not called to just go in times of prosperity and seasons of plenty, but we too have this bigger story of hope, the promise of glory the promise that God is with us, perhaps we need a reminder that we belong to God. Perhaps you need to lean in and hear his voice calling you who will go for us. At the end of last year, I came across a church in Northern Ireland's Instagram uh, feed. And there was an interview um, on this Instagram site with an elderly gentleman in their congregation, in their church. This elderly man is called Sam, and he is perhaps in his 80s or 90s, and... Um, I was drawn to this interview. I started watching. I love hearing the Northern Irish accent. Uh, my mum and dad were born in Northern Ireland, and so I love hearing it. My grandparents had this thick Northern Irish accent. My dad had it as well, so it's, it, it's um, endearing for me and reminds me of my childhood. But as I started watching this interview, the first thing Sam did was open... The t- interview with the time with pray with prayer. And as he began praying, he, his prayer went on for quite some time, and he prayed with such passion and zeal and fervor. There was something different about the way Sam prayed. It was heartfelt, and, and the language he was using um, he was so grateful for God to God for his salvation, the way he saved us. and just, But as the interview went on, he, he told the story of what happened in the early days of this church and, um, and had some of his own life story. And Sam was certainly someone who had endured loss in his life and, and suffering, but he could tell the way he still held the story that he'd known God's faithfulness carrying him through different seasons of life. But what I want to share particularly today is a section, a moment in this interview when Sam told the story of the, the night and the next morning of when he had given his heart to the Lord. And he said the night that he gave his heart to Jesus, he went along to a prayer meeting the next morning. And he turns up to this prayer meeting and he said, Len Ravenhill, open the door. And he said, what can we do for you? And he said, well, I've given my heart to Jesus last night and there's a prayer meeting announced and I've come to it, whatever it is. And he said, come on in, we've been praying all night for you. And he went into that room that morning, he said, and he couldn't believe it. And at this point of the interview, he's struggling to hold back tears. He said, I went into that room and there were 12 people that night that had stayed up all night praying for me that I would be saved and come to know God. He said that spoke volumes to me. You can see the tears in his eyes. He said not only had God sent his son, Jesus, to die for my sins. But there were 12 people up all night praying for me that I would be saved. And he explains that they barely knew him. He had worked at the house where this mission had been run, but they'd been there praying for him all night. And what struck me was the fact that Sam still had tears recalling the night and the next and the night that he'd been saved. And the, he said, that burns in my heart. He said, that burns in me every moment of every day. It made me wonder, do I still have that soft heart? Do I still have that heart and the the fervour? Does it burn in me the joy of my salvation? God is preparing us for something new. Are we ready to respond and say, here am I? What if in this new era... God is wanting to send us out with a new perspective of ourselves, to purify us, awaken us to his love so that we can serve abandoned to him in a new way. Some people today may need a reminder, a fresh encounter of the presence of God a revelation of his majesty and holiness. Some of us need to encounter God's grace and love in his fullness. We may have been acting and serving out of our own strength, but we need this revelation of his love that we can serve from overflow. Some of us need to receive fresh vision and revelation, to gain fresh zeal and direction, ready to go where God is inviting us to go. In these challenging times we face in the world, we all need fresh hope. And I want to declare today that God still sits on the throne. God still sits on the throne. And he's calling us now. Will we go? I'm going to pray. God, I just thank you that you are calling us, that you speak to us, that you desire to reveal yourself to us. And God, I just pray today that you would give us fresh revelation, a fresh vision for this new season that we're in, Lord. I pray for an encounter of your holiness I pray for an encounter of your love and grace, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you prepare us for where where you call us to go. God, I just pray that you give us fresh vision and wisdom for how you're calling us to go. Come, Lord Jesus.